0: Everyone and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with Beans. As I just said to my live viewers this morning at 8.30 a.m. on this Wednesday morning, Frank is off, off on vacation, so you are stuck with me Wednesday and Friday. Solo Beans. You're stuck with Solo Beans, but it's okay because um, I, need to, I need to preface the show by saying, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm looking around at socials and everything and God, I'm just repelled by it all. It's terrible. You know, there's a lot of really nasty things happening in the world right now. Yes, if you place your focus there. Um, and, and you know, for all the nasty things going on, I'm sure, I'm positive of it actually, that there are many, many amazing things going on as well. Um, but I want to get to the basics of all this, the root of all this. And so I started off today saying to myself, okay, well, I'm going to cover this Omicron strain that every single Omicron variant of COVID was made by a human being and not actually, not actually made, you know, naturally uh, evolving or mutating. And maybe I will do that on Friday. Oh, shoot. Just to let you know, Hazer in the chat, congratulations. Hazer listened to the interview with Ken Berry, started on carnivore down five pounds. What day is it, Tuesday? (laughs) Wednesday, it's Wednesday, obviously. That's fantastic. That's awesome. Do you feel good? Has there one in the chat? I hope you feel good. If you are listening to this audio-only podcast, I'll give you my apologies in the beginning. A little bit of today is going to be something that you can listen to but can't see. Um, today, I am on the drums. Frank's Frank's obviously not here. But anyway, let me get back to this. I was going to go over the Omicron stuff. And um, I... I I just said to myself, you know, let's take a look in a gander. Now these sites, Citizen Free Press, dear friend of mine, dear friend. Uh, le- lethargy is, is just real quick, I'm getting distracted by my friends in the chat who I love so much. Hazard, le- le- being lethargic is quite common when you go into ketosis. It should, be- you should bounce back in a couple days. Um, it's, it's very common as your body transitions from using carbs for fuel to using fat and ketones instead. It's very common. Just take an extra nap, do what you can. I'm glad that that show has impacted some folks. That, that's, that's exactly what I wanted to happen. So, fantastic. Um, so take a gander Citizen Free Press, which again, this is their job. It's basically all the war The Israel bombings, the Israel murders, the Hamas terror attacks, the bombing of Gaza by Israel. If you look at Drudge, it's the same. There's not a positive headline anywhere. I mean, everything is about cartels and threats and people angry and the housing market crashing and, uh, you know, near misses with plane crashes and all of it. Right? And then I I wanted to peruse through my for you on X. It's 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 all anger and yelling and fighting amongst one another and judging people on the things they say and you know um It's all that. Somebody in the chat's asking me, why do I always say good afternoon? I say good afternoon because the audio version of the show that you're watching right now at 8.30 in the morning airs at 2.30 p.m. Eastern. So I say good afternoon to my audio-only listeners, and I say good morning to you before I start that recording. But it's all, it's all negative... It's all neg it's all neg I mean all of it is negative. You know, Hamas has come out and said, hey, it's time for our jihad uh at soft targets all over the world on Friday the thirteenth. Um, you know, whatever. It's everywhere. There's nothing you can do to get away from it. And then there's this thread that I wanted to go through with you guys so that you understand. Today we're witnessing the creation of atrocity propaganda in real time. What is atrocity propaganda and how has it been used to win support for a war? An atrocity tale is designed to shock a mass audience by showing a violation of a fundamental cultural value which authorities force, which authorizes force to stop the perpetrator. They're directed at groups rather than individuals. The ultimate goal is to dehumanize an enemy. I'm not saying that they, I'm just objectively view this, not from any side, just view this threat objectively. One of the earliest examples of atrocity propaganda was during the Irish rebellion of 1641. Reports were sent to England of massacres of the innocents by the rebels, and they they were later used to justify Cromwell's slaughter of captured Irish rebels. The most graphic accounts were published in the English press. Newspapers fabricated graphic accounts of babies being ripped from pregnant women. These reports especially incited the English public against the Irish. Everybody does this, everybody does this. They're using your humanity, what makes you human, to garner support for whatever they wanna do, whether you consider they right or wrong, doesn't matter. Humanity at its core is good, and atrocities like this affect every human being equally. When your enemy has one of their own who is brutalized, your enemy feels that in their core because it's contrary to how humans should exist. It is, is contrary to us. So, with humanity at the forefront and our inherent nature to be disgusted by things like this that happen, whatever your belief set is, if they happen to one of yours, you are disgusted. I don't think there's any argument about that. I wanted to talk about this quote. It's pretty crazy. If you wanna find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. This is Nikola Tesla. And to start this conversation, I don't know how long it will last. It may last for another half hour, it may last the full hour, I don't know. But I wanna start to plant the seeds of this because this is a journey that I've been on for quite some time now. I embraced and started learning every single thing that I possibly could about quantum mechanics and quantum physics. I know that sounds like a high school class that you failed out of that you hate. I understand. But I'm gonna show you something right now that is, it's a video, but it's really, really worth the listen. If you are listening podcast audio, the link to this will be in the show notes. You've got a few minutes of some cool music. If you're a viewer, I want you to watch this very carefully. And as you're watching it, just think about what it means. I know this a lot for an 8.30 in the morning show, but I hope you guys will stick with me. Please stick with me. Here we go.
1: The film you're about to see has new characters, If you spare a little of your imagination, it is a film to describe to you the effect of cymatic frequencies on matter.
0: What are you guys putting into the universe, energy-wise, sound-wise, tone-wise, with your voice, with your mood? How are you encompassing this scientific experiment in your own life? Now, this is not fake. This is real. This is, this is the impact of energy on matter. Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this today? Because this is what I'm called to do today. So I'm doing what I'm called to do. If you are listening to the podcast, I know that this was about four minutes that you just heard some pretty cool music. Make sure you go to the show notes and watch this video, Cymatics, Science versus Music. All of this stuff, some people in the chat are talking about this. this is this is science this is proven this is not woo woo this is not crazy and it all it all it all filters out to everything right filters out to everything waves particles atoms molecules if you've never been introduced to quantum physics before, which just to let everybody know, for decades and decades and decades, scientists thought that this was a crazy conspiracy theory, lunatic way to look at the world. And it has just recently been normalized in quotes so that scientists are seriously talking about this, running experiments, doing things, um, you know, trying to figure out Human consciousness. The difference between 3D, 4D, 5D. I want to show you a quick video. I know this is very video heavy, but I need to I need to lay it out this way. This um this is the best explainer that I've been able to find for somebody who doesn't understand the difference between con- quantum physics and and you know what you've been told material physics for lack of a better word. So here is a quick explainer for you to get you to understand how what you observe creates your reality. Bear with me, I'm getting to a point. Just bear with me here, okay?
2: All right, let's go ahead and break down quantum mechanics in a very simple way. Now, the first thing to understand about quantum physics is that it's different than classical physics. Now classical physics is really about how physical objects move, all right? So physical objects like this tennis ball, how do they move? Quantum physics, however, focuses on quantum particles. Now, what's a quantum particle? It's a very fancy name for something you probably learned of in school, which are the building blocks of matter. See, if you've heard of something called a proton, a neutron, an electron, a photon. Those are examples of quantum particles, although there's many other kinds of fancy quantum particles as well. But for the sake of this video, all you really need to know is that a quantum particle is the building block of matter, okay? So if you take physical matter and zoom in with a really high-powered microscope, if you get inside deep enough, what you'll find is that physical matter is made up of atoms, which are in turn made up from quantum particles and so while classical physics focuses on how matter moves physical matter moves quantum physics really focuses on these building blocks of matter the inside of the atoms how are those particles moving now physical matter behaves in a relatively predictable way when we look at it through classical physics if I let go of a ball it'll drop to the floor And so if you think of in school, maybe you learned of Isaac Newton and that story of the apple falling on his head, that's really classical physics. And again, it's very predictable. So if I understand the size and the weight of this object, and I know that I'm throwing it at 10 miles an hour, and I know the approximate wind velocity, I can reasonably predict how long it's gonna take this ball to travel a given distance. And because we can see physical matter, we're very familiar with it behaving in a very predictable way. But while physical matter and classical physics behaves in a very predictable way, when we zoom on in and start looking at quantum particles, quantum particles do not behave in a very predictable way. And understanding the basics of quantum physics and how quantum particles move will give you a very strong appreciation for how your reality is constructed, how physical matter is constructed, and what you can do to change physical matter, change reality in your life if you want to see things behave differently. So, how do quantum particles move? In a word, infinitely. See, in other words, if you drop a quantum particle It doesn't just drop to the floor, it goes everywhere. See, it has been strongly suggested that quantum particles don't just exist in a particular location, but rather they also exist in something called superposition. Superposition basically means existing in many places at once. Superposition can also be described as being kind of like a wave or ripples and so in essence something like a photon could be seen or exist in a particular location but it also simultaneously exists as a wave or as ripples throughout the universe now if this sounds far-fetched there is scientific justification to this claim and if you'd like to learn about the scientific justification for the claim i'd highly recommend looking into an experiment called the double slit experiment The double slit experiment builds on an experiment created by Thomas Young in 1801, but since then it has evolved into a much more technical experiment. The long story short about the double slit experiment is that if you take a photon or an individual particle of light, a quantum particle of light, and shoot it off into space, if you don't directly look at it, if you don't directly observe it, it travels as a wave. You can pick up feedback of an individual photon across space. However, if you take a really fancy high-powered microscope and zoom in on the photon and watch it as it travels out into space, it will travel and appear to be one particular particle. But this is only the case if you are directly observing the photon, which fortunately today science allows us to do. But the trick is you have to be looking at the particle. If you look at a photon particle, it exists in one place. But if you collect data on that particle without observing it, it appears to exist in many places in a wave pattern all at one time. In other words, an individual photon only becomes an individual if an observer like you or me is looking at it. If there is no observer of the photon, the photon becomes infinite. And so you and I as observers, what do we do? We collapse the infinite into the physical. So what does quantum physics tell us about our physical reality? Well, matter, physical matter, is made up entirely of quantum particles. And if quantum particles exist in superposition, meaning the quantum particles exist everywhere at once, guess what that means about the tennis ball? It too exists everywhere at once. And this is why many scientists today believe that there isn't just one reality, but rather there are many realities. And some scientists go as far to say there are infinite realities. The ones that we experience are the ones that we have collapsed into place. So how can understanding quantum physics change your reality? Well, you are the observer. You are what collapses the infinite into the specific. How you choose to observe the world, what you focus on, what you look for, directly impacts the reality that you're living in. Your focus is what's collapsing the infinite into the specific. And therefore, learning how to change how you observe can completely change the world that you live in. And if this excites or intrigues you, I would...
0: Think about that for a second. Changing what you observe changes the world that you live in. Now, I'm certainly not advocating that everybody decide that they're going to go out and, and you know, not pay attention to any of the things that are important to you. <clears throat> However, you can consciously decide not to let those things consume you, which therefore will change how you feel and the energy that you output on a daily basis, which as we've learned so far through science, directly impacts the wave that comes from you as energy and sound and when your heart beats, in which case, how can we affect the world around us with that? Now, I know this sounds crazy to a lot of people, but it's. I started with science because I want you to know that this is scientifically proven. And me as a data-driven analytical person really, you know, needed to know the background on this. And we we can get really in depth on the science. And I've listened to lecture upon lecture from scientists and, you know, all, all of all of the the intricacies of this. And it's very complicated um, when you get really, really far into it. However, at the basic core. is this now i pulled another one up for you to go over a little bit more of this so that you understand it a little bit differently this is something to ponder for everybody this is something to ponder for everybody here we go
1: in our world things are usually straightforward and logical a car is either at rest or moving the stereo is either on or off A cat is either a dead or alive, one state or the other. There is no middle ground or a combination of states. However, the same can't be said about the world on the most fundamental level, on the scale of the most basic particles we're made of. On that scale, a particle doesn't exist in one state or the other, but in a number of states all at once. Like Schrodinger explained, a cat of the fundamental world would not be either dead or alive. It would exist between the two states both dead and alive. This he called superposition, where a particle exists in a combination of states. Strange, right? Hmm. But this is the strange realm called the quantum world, ruled by quantum physics. It has become quite a popular subject in recent years, and the bulk of credit goes to science fiction. The theories of alternate universes and time travel are certainly keeping us entertained, but what exactly is this subject that is feeding the world of sci-fi with so much great content? What is quantum physics? Quantum is a Latin word that literally means how much, but it is used for talking about the minimum amount of some physical entity. Aptly, we use it to represent the most elementary particles that are the basics or the minimum of this very big world.
0: I actually wanted a different one. Bear with me. That wasn't the one that I wanted. I wanted this one here.
3: Schrödinger. Austrian physicist Erwin Schrödinger is one of the founders of quantum mechanics, but he's most famous for something he never actually did, a thought experiment involving a cat. He imagined taking a cat and placing it in a sealed box with a device that had a 50% chance of killing the cat in the next hour. At the end of that hour, he asked, what is the state of the cat? Common sense suggests that the cat is either alive or dead. But Schrodinger pointed out that according to quantum physics, at the instant before the box is opened, the cat is equal parts alive and dead at the same time. It's only when the box is opened that we see a single definite state. Until
0: then, the cat
3: is a blur of probability, half one thing and half the other.
0: Think about that for a second. Until you observe the cat, until you observe the cat, is it alive or dead? Until you observe the cat in the box who has a 50% chance of being alive and a 50% chance of being dead, is the cat alive or dead? Hmm. Where is Bita? This is a foundation of how I would love for everybody to just start thinking a little bit I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a little experiment with everyone and I, I I want you to try this if you're listening at home. We think and our thoughts are usually typically in our brain and we think from our head, right? We think from our head. We think logically and analytically about things. If everybody just stops right now for a second, puts everything aside if they can, take a couple deep breaths. We're going through a little meditation this morning together. I know it's outside the box, but hey, just take a couple deep breaths in. Well, first you have to breathe out. So a deep breath in and a deep breath out. Kind of ground yourself. Brush away all the chaos. Brush away all the nutso. Brush away the, 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 the stuff you're being bombarded with 24-7. Just brush it away for this moment. Take a deep breath in. Deep breath out. Take where your thoughts usually are. Move them down and, and bring them here to where your heart is. And feel the difference in your body. You should be able to feel a difference if you're doing it. So, it's all about our perspective and what we choose to focus on. So somebody made a very good point in the chat. Lady Be Good said, "'The cat has its own reality too that is not mine. This experiment is dumb. I cannot force my observational reality on the cat. Correct, but that's not the experiment. The experiment is about your observational reality, not the state of the cat. That is not about what is actually physically happened to the cat. It is about the instant in which you do not know what has happened to the cat. In your reality at that instant, is the cat alive or dead? Forget the actual outcome of whether the cat or dot da- is dead or not think about w- before you lift the box whether or not you know the cat is alive or dead that's the experiment i'll just play a little more of this for you so you understand a little bit better because your point is well taken in an analytical logical tangible sense but that's not what this is about here this
3: seems absurd which was Schrodinger's point. He found quantum physics so philosophically disturbing that he abandoned the theory he had helped make and turned to writing about biology. As absurd as it may seem, though, Schrodinger's cat is very real. In fact, it's essential. If it weren't possible for quantum objects to be in two states at once, the computer you're using to watch this couldn't exist. The quantum phenomenon of superposition is a consequence of the dual particle and wave nature of everything. In order for an object to have a wavelength, it must extend over some region of space, which means it occupies many positions at the same time. The wavelength of an object limited to a small region of space can't be perfectly defined, though, so it exists in many different wavelengths at the same time. We don't see these wave properties for everyday objects because the wavelength decreases as the momentum increases, and a cat is relatively big and heavy.
0: So someone said, If a tree falls in the forest, can you hear it? Or, and you don't, wait, what if, if a tree falls in the forest, does it make a sound? And someone said, trees that fall don't make sound, they make pressure waves. It isn't a sound until it's received by an ear and translated to sound by the brain. It isn't a sound until it's observed. It isn't a sound until you observe it. Then it's a sound. Once you observe the wave, it becomes a sound. That's the entire point right there. So what are you observing and how? What are you putting into your space and how? I advocate for choosing... To observe something other than this, even though I love my my boy at Citizen Free Press, I I and dr- Drudge is just trash. But I I urge you to observe something other than this, because if you do not observe it, it does not become your consistent twenty four seven. Reality and stress and fear will change your body response upon observing the things that bring you stress and fear. So no, do I tell everybody to go stick their head in the sand and be completely unaware of what's going on around them? No, if that's not your choice, of course not. I have chosen to make a living out of this. And I have observed from my constant focus on it, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I would go farther, probably 18 hours a day, seven days a week. That it has adversely affected me. It has affected me in ways that are not beneficial to my health or my well-being or my mental health. And so I have chosen, consciously, to not... Spend 18 hours a day any longer focusing on this. And I can tell you from experience that my life has become better as a result of not doing this. As a result of prayer, however you choose to pray, whether it's meditation, whether it is, um, you know, reading prayer, reading the Bible. Uh, whatever makes you feel love and hope. Dedicating a certain amount of time to this every single day in the morning when you wake up is crucial in my opinion. And again, this is all my opinion. I have made it practice habit now to do this every single day, to sort of raise my perspective and change what I observe and change what I wish to have to something that is not fear-based, death, destruction, murder, corruption, evil, negative in nature. I don't do this all day long. Although if I wasn't in this career, I absolutely could do it all day long. Um, I don't. I I do this for as long as I possibly can every single day in order to then be able to help others in the only way I know how to understand this stuff in maybe a different perspective or choose not to talk about it at all, which is something that I've chosen to do with the israeli hamas conflict because there are a thousand million gazillion experts out there bombarding you with this information all day long every single day and we have completely lost sight of anything else and i am not aligned with that it's just not me i can't be a part of that And it's a conflict internally because I'm a journalist and technically that is my job description. But I also have the blessing of many of you coming to me every single day to listen. And I think right now that the message we should be listening to or that I'm called to talk about is not one of fear and negativity and death and destruction, but one rather of focusing inward a little bit more and concentrating on ourselves to bring us to a place where we can exist in a world like this and still find joy. And I showed you the quantum stuff Because I wanted you to understand how your observation of something impacts that thing, impacts you. And it does. Your observation of something impacts you immensely. And you are the creator of your own reality. If, for instance, you decided that you were going to go on a desert retreat with no technology somewhere out In the desert, or travel up to the mountains, or to the beach somewhere on an island, or maybe even a staycation at home where you just took a week off, you disconnected your electronics, and you spent time on your faith and your your what makes you happy in life, like you wanted to do some needlepoint, or maybe you just want to play board games with your family, or maybe you are disconnecting your internet, but you want to watch an old movie, and this was all going around, going on around you, but you disconnected yourself from it, would your observation in your own reality, what would it be? Would you observe, you wouldn't obviously have been exposed to or observed any of what's going on in the world right now because you were focused on your own reality in that moment. I know that it sounds crazy to a lot of people, but what you observe has a direct impact on your well-being. So no, you know, how counterintuitive me to tell everybody out there that they should just unplug and ignore everything that's happening and not be the change they want to see but i do feel that if we focused more on being the change we want to see by starting with us that things would change um let me see if i can find something really quickly before we go hold on Bear with me a second. I'm looking for a video. Here we go. I want to show you something. Again, for the listeners, I will have this in the chat. Watch this. This just for everybody, the words are cut off, so I'll read them. This is the effect of words and the sound and energy behind the words on frozen water, which would be ice. Here we go. I'm going to start it over because you couldn't see the words. This is the word harmony. This is the crystal that's formed. This is the word eternal. This is thank you. Joy. If you look at clips of words that are hateful in nature, that's not the one that I wanted. I'm doing it on the fly, so it's harder, but if you, it was an experiment that I was actually done. If you look at words that were negative, con- with a negative connotation on frozen water, you would see jagged edges, uh, particles that were not um, pleasing to the eye, Just um, scattered matter, things like that. And it's not the word itself. It's not the word itself. It's the energy behind the word. So it's a real scientific experiment that was done. His name was Dr. Emoto. He was a Japanese author, researcher, and photographer. I'm going to see if I can find this really quick because I want you to see the actual... The actual crystals. He's done this. Our bodies are, are, again, 70% water. Linda, why don't you try it out? See see what happens. If you can get there. You can always do the experiment and report back to us and tell us what you found. Linda's being inappropriate in the comments. Anyway. We're at 9.17, but I really wanted to bring something different to you today because I think it's super important that we all think about this stuff. And um, again, I, I just am being honest and saying that I have really tried to shift my focus from a lot of this negative and do a lot more work to bring myself into a more positive space um, I am no good to anybody if I am part of this problem that we see every single day on our X feeds and our Facebook feeds and our truth social feeds. the bickering, the fighting amongst each other, the the arguing and the and the anger and the hate, That i see and before the war in 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 israel started before the world in israel the war in israel started we have been embroiled in this war of words and energy and hatefulness and it's been it's been something i just don't i don't want to be a part i don't want to be a part of it i don't i have zero desire to be a part of it i have zero desire and um, I've taken a lot of it from people for sharing my opinions on things. And I try my best every day not to dole it back out because that just perpetuates the problem. We can choose differently today, at least for an hour or two. And I recommend that everybody try to do that. Leave the show today, find a quiet space for yourself. If you're at work, take a 15 minute break, go out to your car, go to the the you know a quiet place, wherever you can go you can take a lunch hour go eat lunch at a park or if you're near the water go eat lunch at the water put some calming music on or just sit in silence and 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 take some deep breaths and clear your brain of all the trash that's going on center yourself again bring your thoughts from your head down into your heart and feel better afterwards and that is my message for the day And if you guys were interested in this and you want me to do more I would gladly do more because this is where I feel like I'm being called to be is to try and help with this. This is I know it's it's different and it's not what I normally talk about but there's this overwhelming pull for me personally to talk more about this stuff for people because we need to do this. We need to. You have been listening to the Dark to Light podcast with Beans. You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern time on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com. 8.30 a.m. live, streaming on Rumble, X, and Getter. And you can also hear Frank's show Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. And usually I have a Tuesday, Thursday show full of laughter. This week it didn't work out. So we'll be back next week on Tuesday with a side of beans for everybody. I hope that this changed your perspective on some things and that you can have a better day today. As always, feel free to share feedback with me. I love reading your stories and how you're feeling. So um, lots of love to everybody and I will see you on Friday.